You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Let's do this. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. All right, Matthew, you ready? Yeah, absolutely. All right, it is time for happy hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour, Whiskey Cigar Spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, uh, I'm Matt Fox. Hey, Jamie. Hey, hey, Matt. We got a, don't look now, but there's a whole bunch of people in the room with us. There there really is. There really is. Uh, we, we are, uh, we're, we're in a new world and we are Zooming for the Man Cave Happy Hour today. And uh, we've got some really special folks on the, on, with us uh, for today's Man Cave. So, Jamie, who do we have? We are, we are Zooming with Joe Lewis Bourbon and uh, the knucklehead that it was uh, his whole idea. I'm being mean to our host here. <laughs> Stop. Peter Gleedy, Peter uh, and his cousin, CJ, they got a background in sports, sales and marketing and, and hospitality and wine. And they said, hey, let's, let's get into bourbon. And uh, why Peter, not? Peter, thank you for uh, for having this uh, wonderful idea, and we have a, a few more players on the board as well. Ron, Ron Hetty is with us. He's heading up uh, sales in in Michigan, so our folks in Michigan, you'll be able to. Uh, Ron's going to be able to clue us in on to where everything is going to be available. Uh, Michael, Michael is uh, part of Victory Spirits, and Mike is going to uh, uh, just get this out and let the world know uh, what's happening. We got a bartender on the way. Tara is going to join us. Um, Pat Maley's with us because we love Pat Maley. <laughs> and uh, uh, Vinny Dombrowski from uh, the band Sponge and the Orbitsons. Uh, just uh, if you know anything about alternative music, those names are familiar to you. And, and Vinny is a, an aficionado uh, of music and, and the spirits. And uh, we're like, hey, Vinny, you want to have a pour? He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that, uh, that's the lineup for, for today. But, so uh, just a few people we have on, yeah. on with us. Yeah. So well, we're hoping we're hoping for Joe Lewis Jr. has been having some technical problems again. Yep. So hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be joining us and uh, and uh, whoever. But who cares? The party started. Yeah. The party, the party is on, man. It is. It really is. And uh, Peter, um, where did you get this idea? Why did you Why did you want to get into bourbon? You know, it's it's a great question. Uh, my wife and I are hoteliers in Maine. We have a, a seasonal hotel down on the beach, mm. right in the middle of um, Maine's most happening spot, Old Orchard Beach. And in the evening around five o'clock, I noticed a lot of guys milling around. And what I learned was their wives were getting ready for dinner. And so I figured I'd um, invite them for a glass of whiskey, some bourbon, and try to keep them cool while they waited for their wives. And it turned into a bit of a bourbon culture at our hotel. And it became a thing. Um, people would start for, started to bring me bottles of bourbon and they started mm. to look forward to hanging out with me in the evening. Mm. And uh, one of them bought me a book on the history of bourbon. And having read through the book, I noticed that Joe Lewis actually had a bourbon in the 50s. And I thought to myself, because I'd always been a brand guy, uh, that it seemed amazing to me that an individual was such a, a meaningful legacy uh, in American history uh, would, would his legacy uh, was out there and nobody was really focused on it. And so uh, for, seemed like a really worthy cause. 
and I love bourbon, and it seemed like a match made in heaven. So we began work on this about 18 months ago, and we're doggone proud to uh, know that we're getting into the market in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you have a global launch during a global pandemic. That is, uh, uh, it's a beautiful thing. But uh, we're making it happen, right? Hey, listen, you could, if you're going to get into the ring in a time like this, you want to get in the ring with a guy like Joe Lewis, that's for sure. America uh, needs him now more than ever. I, th I think Joe Lewis did say, you know, everyone does have a plan until they, they get hit, right? So yeah. here we are. <laughs> that's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how it happened. Yeah. And uh, we've been working on it ever since. And um, it's great being in the bourbon business. We like it a lot. It's a fun place to be. It's a fun spot. Uh, we're really proud of our, the work and the, the time and the result. And uh, we've got a pretty busy um, marketing program that focuses not just on the bourbon, but on the, on the other side of the equation. You know, we've got an important sports marketing and cause marketing program uh, that uh, is directed towards uh, USA Boxing and the Golden Gloves of America. And so it's a, a tremendous opportunity for us uh, to be involved in young people's lives who are really striving to be great. And we're hopeful that uh, as a part of our overall efforts as a company, uh, that we can uh, bring forward the, the values and, and that, that Joe Lewis uh, was known for throughout his life and to bring those same values to the kids who are involved in the sport today and give them uh, hope for the future that uh, as they work hard, there's great things out there for them as well. Fantastic. Love it. So, uh, Michael, who can, because uh, you're heading up uh, the, the, the marketing uh, nationwide, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Ron is, is getting it into stores here in Michigan. Who can tell us a little bit about the, the mash bill? What's, uh, what, is in, uh, what is in the glass? Yeah, well, so what's in the glass, uh, it, it is um, the actual recipe of the mash bill is 66% non-GMO corn, 14% rye, and 20%, so it's a high barley, 20% barley, imported barley. And this is all handcrafted. Uh, and there's, a, there's really a, a story behind the story, um, which is that uh, I had previously gone out, in fact, another gentleman who's on this call, Greg Pierce, he is, um, he's a cooper. He owns a cooperage that makes barrels uh, uh, for distilleries around the country. And, um, you know, I've worked with Greg on a number of projects and I was out in search of really what I would term the best small batch handcrafted bourbon out there and, and a producer that could produce at high volumes if necessary uh, and have, handle all the aging and just all the quality control. Um, and as I had just kind of, and, I, and Greg pointed me in the direction and we went and um, uh, he introduced me to the distillery owner. His name is Rusty Cox, and he's going to be joining us on a future episode of this. And he owns Davis Valley Distillery. So when Peter um, reached out to uh, seek uh, some uh, advisory help as it relates to developing a brand, and the work that we do at Victory Spirits is helping brands accelerate to market. Uh, and that involves, you know, speeding, you know, shortcutting the process, finding the best supply chain uh, partners. It also involves a lot of digital marketing and we've pretty much tried to be the leaders of that. And, um, and at that time they were looking, you know, they were in the midst of tasting a variety of, of, of recipes and options for it. 
Um, but we really, we got, we put our heads together and we really thought and hard about the brand and, and what it needed to represent in terms of a flavor profile, but also in terms of a legacy of really the first African-American uh, American hero. And I have had such an amazing eye-opening experience in learning about Joe Lewis uh, and what he really meant to America. And also through this opportunity of, of meeting with family members and, and really developing the brand and the brand story. I mean, Peter had a really clear vision and JJ of what they hoped that this could be. Uh, and they really had a very important driving, which is really a, a foundation of this brand, uh, that to be authentic in everything we do. So, you know, the, uh, the, the element of this that's really shouldn't be lost on anyone is that we're proud to share what's in the bottle, uh, where it's made. That's part of the story. It's part of the diversity. Um, and the fact that, um, you know, if anyone has the time to go read the company page, the Joe Lewis Bourbon page is a company link. There's really a lot that's gone into getting this to market, uh, even though it was probably in about a year less than Peter and JJ thought it was going to have to take. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, you know, even more spectacular when you really look at the layers of the story. So, uh, you know, and, 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 and look, if, if anything, we're going to prove that digital activation works and we're going to be leading the way, just like Joe would have done. Joe wouldn't have run away from this fight. And up on the board, right? We see uh, is that Joe Lewis Barrow Jr. the second, right? Joe, or, are you uh, Joe? Are you gonna go by JoJo? And you gotta un, un, I gotta unmute. Yeah, him. you gotta unmute him. There he is. Oh, there he is. Hey, hey, buddy. How are you? JoJo, how, how are you? JoJo, sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, no, no worries. I've just been listening. JoJo, it's it's an honor to have you with us. And uh, what what does this mean to you having this brand come back? Um, you know, it's this has been a um, a very exciting time. It's also um, been somewhat overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I can say for sure that had it not been uh, JJ and Peter, it just, and Michael, it just would not, I would not have done it. I just, I would have, you know, my mother was a, was a firm believer in, in, you know, really, pushing you know other aspects of my father's life and we had always kind of tried to stay away from it but the reality is is that you know when talking to to my agents and when talking to Peter and JJ I believed in their um in their motivation I believed that they wanted to truly uh pay tribute to my father and so I thought you know I think this can be done and I'm really really glad glad that we that we've done it I like that. Awesome, man. It's, uh, it's, again, it's, it's an, it's an honor to meet you. And, and, um, the, the your, Joe's story is just so amazing. And, and we're like, so we're going to do a few of these and we're going to dig deep and, and, and find out cause there's just so many aspects to his life. And this was such, such a short run, uh, of a, of a, of a brand. Uh, and there were so many things that, that he did. And the story is just uh, simply uh, amazing. We are going to, we are going to get deeper into it and we hope we can be with it. You can be with us as we dive deeper into those. Uh, I would love to. Uh, the one thing, I, the other thing I, I would love to say is that, you know, I, we've been working on a lot of things. We're, we're in the process of building a, a restaurant in Detroit and we're doing other things. And so one of the things that I was uh, speaking with, with, uh, with my partners about, 
just just this weekend is it's a real um, testament to 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 Peter and JJ and Michael that because prior to prior to them approaching approaching me, um, we had never agreed to let anybody go into the Detroit market just because it's such a delicate market. Um, and with us going with us doing things there now, it really says the to the level for which we trust them and and we believe in in, in the project um, it's a project amongst other projects it's uh, it is equally as important as all the others um, but they have to work together because the one thing that that I can tell you is from my perspective and from you know, in all of my life, the most important thing that I will ever do is guard my father's legacy. And the one thing he was, was a person who believed in, in, in people. You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, he, he was a great American, he was, a, he was a great this, he was a great that. To himself, he was just a man doing his best not to screw it all up. And he believed in his heart deeply that, that uh, we are a walking rep representation of our own legacies and what we do today will, will define how we're rem remembered tomorrow and that all of us have that greatness. So really it's for, for his fans and it's for, all, it's for all the people who who believe that with a little bit of hard work, together we can accomplish anything. So, all right, we've been talking a, a little bit, uh, but this is bourbon. We should be drinking. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sick. I can't drink. But I, oh, I no. Gotcha. But I got it right here. Yay. Uh, all right. So the, and we got to talk about the packaging, yeah. too, in, in a little bit, too, because the packaging is just exciting it, it, It's in, in and of itself. But uh, all right. So, uh, Michael, what should we be? When, when well, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to say something that, you know, Jojo and I had a conversation, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a month or so back. Because he and his family, they're also opening a restaurant in Detroit, um, Joe Lewis Southern Kitchen. And um, so he had this, he just you know, I said, help me understand how this all fits together as part of the legacy. And Joe, remember what you said to me? You said, you know, my father loved, he believed that food and beverage brought people together. It's, and it was to celebrate great moments and occasions and that's how he had always celebrated his victories and and you know you, it was really very eloquent and you you said uh i don't you can say it the, the, he, he was the best of everything that um happens around food and drink we we celebrate we commiserate we mourn we it touches every part of our lives and if we do it right um long after uh, a celebration is over people will remember where they were and who they were with. And hopefully through the restaurant and through the bourbon and through the other things we're doing, we can be a part of all of those moments and they can be a part of our lives as well. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, right now we didn't know this going into this, that this, this moment in time, everything that this brand stands for, which is diversity, inclusiveness, helping, you know, being good citizens, right? The whole, we really haven't spoken a lot about the sports marketing and the cause marketing, which we do need to talk about. You know, this whole brand launch was, was based around helping to, a dollar for every bottle goes to USA Boxing. Um, Peter and JJ were able to negotiate uh, an incredible um, uh, partnership with USA Boxing, which is the entity that oversees um, all of amateur boxing, including 
you know, Team USA, the Olympic athletes, and Golden Gloves. And Golden Gloves is a separate entity all with, with you know, uh, clubs all around the country. But the, the launch plan for this was the reason why we were launching in Michigan in April was because the Michigan State Golden Gloves Championships were supposed to be next week yeah. uh, or in two weeks. Uh, and, you know, it was going to be the first time that anyone – had heard this. In fact, you guys, we were going to do a podcast with you on April 14th, right? Mm -hmm. To preview that. Yeah. With a big party at the Detroit shipping company, all of which is closed. And here you are at home doing your podcast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we didn't skip a beat. Joe wouldn't have skipped, skipped a beat. We didn't skip a beat in terms of saying, okay, right. You, you said it earlier, Matt, you know, <laughs> okay, it's, that's good. It's good. Change the plan. And we just kept, we're, we're going and we're doing it. And, you know, probably Ron could address this. We just today, um, you know, the, literally we had the sales meeting on Friday uh, with introducing it to the, the distributors in Michigan. So like 48 salespeople that represent, you know, cover all of Michigan. They, they got their first look at it Friday morning. Today, we already got confirmation of the first it's 10 stores that actually have it. Right. Yeah, going on 13 now. Yep, and, and we're we're just, it's going to just see that gradually roll. A great deal of excitement around it, and we're off to the races now. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about the bourbon, shall we? Yes, shall. So, so I, 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 I talked over at Jamie's last night. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Go ahead. My apologies. Yeah, so when we envision the bourbon, we had a couple of objectives. Um, most importantly, we wanted something that was easily, easily approachable uh, and that the average person could find tasty and palatable uh, and, and could experience a, a nice bourbon experience as opposed to something uh, that might be proofed way high, for instance. Uh, and, and through that process, we did try this particular bourbon and we proofed it down to 90. Uh, we tried it coming in at 95. We felt it came in a little hot. Uh, we proofed it down to 85. We felt it was too flat. And so we came right in at, at 90. And what we feel is that we've got a bourbon that comes in uh, with uh, some nice spicy overtones. It hits high in your palate. And then as it flattens out across your tongue, you, you taste the corn. It's sweet. And then with all the barley, that high barley count, kind of smooths it right out on the end and leaves a very smooth aftertaste. And that's what I get. That's what I get when I drink this bourbon. Mm. All right. What well, do you guys get? Gentlemen, I, I haven't dived into it yet. I've been yeah. patiently oh. waiting. So, gentlemen, uh, here we go. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. I stopped over at Jamie's last night to get in there. I got, got a, a small sample here. And uh, I've been looking at it for the past uh, half hour and then nosing it for the past 10. So getting a little bit of sweetness on that nose. And I'm mm -hmm. kind of looking forward to diving in here. Yeah, you pick up the corn. I think you pick up the corn quite a bit on the nose, mm -hmm. and um, it, you know it. It's you know it is a younger whiskey, and and so you know you have to you know keep in mind that you know you're when you're when you're tasting it out, you're not you're not you're tasting something that's two years and and not something that's six or eight, and so it's not really. Um, I think you have to keep the taste profile uh, yeah. in those categories, and um, and so well, I've been. Well, I've been one thing to point out, Peter, is that if anyone goes and looks at, there's a video of what's in the bottle. And one of the reasons why this is a two year, but it does drink more like a three and a half year, maybe three year. And part of that is that it is distilled in pot stills. 
and uh, the heads and tails are discarded. So it's only the heart. And if you go and look at that video, it's on the website. It's on joelewisbourbon.com. It's also been shared on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you'll hear from uh, the distiller in terms of why he does what he does. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, Greg Pierce is on the call, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's in, you know, char three barrels, which, you know, is, is, you know, right in the middle. It's not too char and it's not too light, um, but it really does have, a, you know, more character, more body, more mouthfeel than, than a typical two year. And, and I pick up quite in the aftertaste after you let it sit a few minutes, I think you, you taste a lot of pepper on the end. Mm -hmm. Very peppery on the end. That's, that's where we came up with the line for a knockout finish. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. No, I, I happen to I happen to like that pepper on the end. Um, no, I like a good sipper. You know, something that when I when I uh, when I sip something, I don't want to have to go back to it like every minute, every minute. I want it to sit there on my palate for a little while and rest. So then, then you start to enjoy more of what you're getting out of that. So you know, you get that you get that light oakiness a little bit. You know, I'm getting a little bit of the cedar. You know, that a little bit of the char, but it, it it's the longer it lingers, I don't have to go back to it. I can continue to enjoy it and then go back a few moments later and then find something else. You know, when you pair it with a with a cigar, you know, you're going to get a completely different feel of the bourbon itself. But, you know, I've only taken, I've taken two sips and my goodness, you know, it just, it's resting on the back of my palate so nicely. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's not that, that burn is there at the, at the onset, but then it just, it just cools itself out over a period of time, which is beautiful. You know, the Mashville, the Mashville is, if you look at the Mashville, the uniqueness of the Mashville really is on the end with a higher barley count. Yeah. Barley, of course, is the, is the, you know, the grain that they make scotch out of it. And so my take on that higher barley count is that it really mellows the whiskey out on the end more than it does on the front. And, and that, that's how I think I, I think that's how I attribute the uniqueness of the mash bill to the taste itself. Yeah. And, um, and one other thing I'd just like to talk a little bit about, uh, there's a lot of um, industry talk about sourced bourbons. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that would be almost impossible to do is to make four-year-old bourbon, right? Yeah, it's got to... It's got to sit for a number of years. And, and so we looked, when we, when we got into the business, uh, we looked very carefully at sourcing. And, and you know, it, became, it became a real conundrum uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the market is hot, and people with bourbon don't really want to sell it. Uh, number two, there's an awful lot of appreciation of bourbon that's in the barrel between the second year and the fourth year. Uh, and so finding, finding a straight bourbon is really not the easiest thing in the world to do either. Right. But what we wanted to be able to do really was to create a strategic relationship with a distiller that we could be proud of. Uh, ultimately, our long-term plan for the company is to start to distill our own mash bills, uh, have our own have our own bourbons in our own in our own barrels mm -hmm. with our own chars, um, and and be developing whiskeys that and bourbons that even though they may be they may not be be uh, distilled in stills that we own, they're actually our mash bills and our product. And that our relationship with Stella uh, is a step beyond uh, just the idea of a source uh, vendor, that we really are integral inside of their operation, that they're meaningful uh, to get at getting the end product that we're looking for on a regular basis. Over mm -hmm. time, uh, we hope to produce a wide range uh, of spirits, uh, a rye, uh, a whiskey, 
Uh, we actually have a, um, a maple-infused bourbon coming out. Uh, the color of a Myers rum uh, designed to, to, you know, get into that sweet category and give people something different. And, and over time, uh, we'll be releasing small batches and cast-type offerings. And Joe Lewis fought uh, 69 different fights, and, and all of them had a different meaning. Some were very, very important. And so our thinking is that we'll tie those releases to those fights and make stories uh, about each one of those and, and yeah. periods in his life and that sort of thing. I like the uh, the straight rye. It's called Down for the Count. Yeah, that's just, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking right? forward to seeing that out there. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, right? I mean, and we're going to have fun. And that's the other thing about this industry, right? You can have fun with it. It's, Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's not a stodgy business. You know, people are, you know, drinking some alcohol and getting loosened up. And so, fun. all right. I have a question for Joe. <clears throat> Jojo, I, mean, I know that you're not drinking now because you're not feeling well. I hope it's not COVID-19. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Sorry, as, as I cough. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Thank oh, you for that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so, no, but um, what did you think when you first tasted it? Um, I really liked it. But I, but I, I'm a, I, I love dark liquors. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to. Wait, not gonna you, you like brown? <laughs> I love you know what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Oh, stop it, Michael. You know, um, <laughs> one thing you, you, I don't know if any of you knew that, though, but um, my father, it was, it was really the only thing he drank. He didn't drink anything else. He was a bourbon drinker through and through. Oh, really? Yes. And he, he, he would sit at the uh, horse, horseshoe bar in Caesar's Palace. And he'd have his bourbon, and he'd have his he'd have his he'd have all his new friends, and my mother would oftentimes have to chase him back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so you you actually you know because you know a big part a big part of the you know the not not a big part but a, an important part of the legacy is the time that he spent in Las Vegas um, when you were young. We I showed that picture earlier. Uh, you know when you were I don't know how old you were. How old were you in that little Lord Fauntleroy? Oh, I think I was like I was like five. We we lived in the in the penthouse at Caesar's Palace until I was until I was eleven, um, and uh, it was a it was a it was an it was a magical childhood. Mm. I had uh, thousands of people that were my parents, and <laughs> we got to I ran around and got in trouble and. Back in the back in the day, you know, now they have the eye in the sky and they have the real cameras. But back in the day, they used to have guys who would be up in the in the scaffolding, and they would have binoculars and they would be looking at all the players. And I would get up there, and my mother would have a heart attack, and they'd have to chase me down. <laughs> so, I love yeah. that because there's you know what one of the things that and Peter can speak to this as well. But you know, um, when when this concept was being discussed with the head of USA Boxing and the president of Golden Gloves of America, both of them said, oh, I met Joe Lewis when I was, you know, 20 something years old or whatever, visiting him in Las Vegas. And so, you know, even though the, 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 the focus is always on, you know, really what hit Joe Lewis, the, the, the fighter, the boxer, the hero, you know, there's a, there's a whole generation of people all those years that just the fact that they got to meet the man that he that he was pleasant and kind and shook his hand and that's why there's you know there's there's a whole nother category of people who just that's what they remember this really nice guy you, you know something funny i don't know i don't know if i've ever said this to any of you 
Um, I oftentimes, when people meet me, they will, I'm very good friends with Pete Rose's son. And we used to do uh, baseball card signing shows together. And people would come up to Pete and they'd say, oh, your dad was such a great baseball player. And people, people would come up. He's to not me Jackie and Robinson. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only thing people ever say to me is what a kind human being he was and what a great American he was. And they almost never, ever mention his time, like what he did in the ring. They just almost assume that like people know that, mm -hmm. um, which it, it's a really kind thing that, that I've got to experience. And, and the other thing is that for me, my father's never dead. You know, when, when you're, oftentimes when people die, um, families don't talk about them. It becomes kind of this subject that nobody, that nobody talks about. But when your parents are, are in the public eye, people come up to you and talk to you and they, don't, they have no problem with saying, telling you stories. And, and uh, it's a really nice way of keeping someone alive. Like I really don't in any way feel like he's gone. Mm. Well, hey, we're jump in for a second. Keep him alive. Yeah, yeah, Vinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny. Uh, we, I was going to ask yeah. you. You got to taste it. What did uh, What did you like there? Oh, you know, we could talk about the taste in a second. It's just something came to mind. You know, the eyes of the world looked at Joe Lewis uh, back in the day, uh, prior to World War II. You know, I mean, he had two fights with uh, Schmeling back in the day, but the second fight. Uh, even Jack Dempsey talked about why the first fight didn't work well, but the second fight, the eyes of the world were on Joe Lewis. And uh, it's just not uh, boxing, but I think people culturally looked at this as a, just an amazing thing. So I, I, I sit and go, Joe Lewis, certainly Detroit has embraced him, but you know, I'm not certain that everybody, you know, culturally speaking, knows how important Joe Lewis was to the country back in, uh, just before World War II. And isn't that the, what's amazing about what we're hopefully able to do? We are introducing, this isn't just about introducing bourbon. This is about introducing a whole generation who don't know anything about Joe Lewis to be inspired, to be good citizens, to, to work together, to overcome adversity, um, and, and I know it sounds preachy, but what better moment in time to introduce this brand than now? Well, very, very interesting you bring that up. I mean, and here's the thing, too. Joe Lewis was definitely, in my opinion, a people's champion. Sonny Liston looked up to Joe, but, you know, Sonny Liston was not quite the people's champion. You know what I mean? <laughs> Joe Lewis was the people's champion. And that, that's a huge difference, you know, yeah. with uh, 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 there's the talent but then there's the people's champion and Joe was that. So um, there's two things about the bottle that I think are important for people to note. One is you need to, I'm not going to read it to you, but you need to read the backstory because this is something Peter first told me and then we researched it. And, you know, I mean, the fact that, you know, the reason Joe Lewis became, uh, uh, you know, a golden gloves as a kid uh, fighter, you know, his mother gave him 25 cents to take violin lessons. <laughs> he didn't this. tell her that he was taking boxing lessons instead and then didn't tell her until, you know, he knew he was going to be something. <laughs> and then, right? Is right, Jojo? You want to well, well, he actually never told her. Um, my father's best friend, <laughs> um, McKinney, who used to, uh, who, also was a, who also was a fighter, but he and uh, uh, Sugar Ray uh, Robinson used to carry my father's uh, 
gym bag. And one day, Thurston McKinney's mother was uh, walking to the grocery store and she said, oh, you know, Joe's turning out to be some, some fighter, isn't he? And my grandmother had no idea. So, <laughs> Wasn't he using it? He was using Joe Lewis instead of Joe, Joe was, Barrow. That's, that's exactly why, he, that's exactly what happened. He didn't want my grandmother to find out, so he wasn't using our, our name. You know, and, and the funny thing, I was 16 when I found out my last name was Barrow. I, I, my, my entire <laughs> academic life was Barrow. And I went to get my, my driver's license with my mother. And I said, who is this person on my ID? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. There's, so there's so many layers. There's so many layers to this brand. Um, I, I've never been, uh, I've been involved in a lot of marketing of, things and brands but there's there's never been a brand that has this much this much character <laughs> really it's a does the prime in pint bottles not yet <laughs> not um, yet no not yet nips you want nips we can get in the delta program maybe pint nips. Bottle really works. say that again Benny. Unsavory rock guys like myself, that pump bottle really works. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that once in a while. You know, you can put it in the, your lapel pocket. Yeah, yeah I think it's coming. It travels think, well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think all that stuff's coming, Vinny. Um, you know, getting a company off the ground, you know, getting a company off the ground's a you know, complicated thing. And as it turns out, getting a liquor company off the ground uh, is a bit of a bear, uh, particularly when you look at licensing and uh, regulatory requirements and when it's just a couple of guys uh get trying to trying to get the first product into the market and, and get get the company going you got to stay focused uh, but no question over time uh, you'll see a full range of SKUs. Uh, you'll see nips you'll see pints uh, god willing maybe even 1.5s at some point you know i suppose if we get to that place um, but you'll see a number of brand extensions and a number of different product lines come out. Uh, I want to kind of come back, you know, to one point that we've, we've been, and I want to connect the whiskey uh, to the marketing story just a tad bit more. And, you know, we're in an environment now where there's a lot of celebrity brands on the marketplace. Sure. If you, uh, if you go on to some of the, you know, you go take a look at some of the Terry Bradshaw bourbons about to come out. And I mean, Terry Bradshaw was a fine football player, but I'm not sure uh, that I'd want to develop a story around around Terry Bradshaw. He was a fine guy. Um, when well, I if it's with, a eczema, maybe. Is well, that, look, the thing about it was when we really took a look at why. I mean, every brand has to have a why at the at the bottom. Why, why do Why do I care? Why do you care? Um, why does anybody right. really care about this brand? And, and the brand, you certainly have to have a great product. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you have, a, you have to have a product you can stand behind. And, and certainly with bourbon, uh, any bourbon is going to find its share of attractors and detractors. Uh, if, you, if you spend any time at all online watching tastings, you know, I've seen people pour bourbon down the drain uh, that, that if I was in their house, I'd break open the pipes and try to collect it. Um, you know, nevertheless, there are people out there doing that sort of thing. So for us, um, when we really dug deeply into, into the life of Joe Lewis, uh, what we realized more than anything else is that this product had to represent far more 
uh, than than just a picture on the label. It was not simply a celebrity brand. It had to mean it had to have something that 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 could do pay homage and, and do justice uh, to this man's life. Um, he uh, was was busy and and rose to fame in a time in this country that few of us could even fathom, much less understand. And and so it's a tremendous responsibility. It it it, uh, it guides us. Uh, it excites us. Uh, and um, it's really it's the motivation. You know, certainly we want to sell bourbon. Stephen Covey said, "No margin, no mission. We have to make money." Obviously, uh, but it, it's really it's really more than that. And for me personally, um, you know, it's 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 where the gratitude in this business really comes from is knowing that I'm a part of something that's far bigger than I could ever possibly hope to be on my yeah. own. And, and that's really, you know, that the opportunity to, to be, you know, working with USA Boxing and delivering our, you know, these motivational posters with Joe Lewis and know they're going up in gyms all across the country. I mean, just unbelievably important. We should actually talk about that because, you know, um, when it's not lost on us that, you know, we've, um, we've built a, a program that's based on cause marketing and sports marketing where a lot of the participants are minors um, and or are inboxing because they've overcome substance abuse issues. So we are extremely sensitive to that. And so part of this that everyone should know is that while we're contributing money in the form of a dollar for every bottle sold to USA Boxing, as well as a percentage going to Golden Gloves uh, franchises through our paid sponsorships that um, we've created bjoelewis.com. And that's a site that is purely about really representing the man, the legacy and the positive messages. And so Peter referenced, and I think he's probably going to get that one of the things that is part of our marketing plan and budget, which has nothing to do with selling bourbon is producing posters that are sent to every athlete to, to motivate them, keep fighting for your dreams. And it has a USA boxing and it, it does have a little Joe Lewis distilling, but and the only thing that connects it is, is that. Actually, Michael, this doesn't have anything. Oh, it from doesn't. Joe Lewis. Okay. No, there's nothing on this from Joe Lewis. Right. And it has the hashtag B Joe Lewis. Right? It has the, it has the B, B Joe Lewis hashtag and, so, and it, it has the USA boxing logo on it. Right. And so we send these, uh, the, and they're in Michigan today. We, we sent, um, I believe, 50 uh, posters to every gym uh, in the state. And, um, and so um, we're in the process of doing more. And, and, of course, what we're really focused on is trying to bring the legacy of Joe Lewis to the younger boxing crowd. You know, many of his deeds are, are lost to history. And, and the truth of the matter is that Young people today think inconvenience is a cone zone on the highway. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, they don't really, three weeks. yeah, they don't really understand that may be changing. You're right. I mean, everybody yeah. might be learning a little bit more about inconvenience right now. Um, but you know, certainly, uh, the reference point for, um, you know, what life in America was like in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, uh, has, is, is a distant memory, uh, for yeah. most people. And, and so, you know, people don't necessarily have a full appreciation for just um, how momentous Joe Lewis's achievements were. And so it's going to take some work, uh, but it's our intention to stay focused on that and to continue to produce world-class spirits 
uh, build distribution. Uh, obviously, we want to have a successful distribution program. Uh, we want the, the, the spirit available to Americans across the country. Uh, we want to be a responsive country, company that makes a great, uh, great bottle of, uh, of bourbon. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we've got our, our mission. And uh, we have um, th that second mission is, is maybe sometimes the more important of the two. You know, you know, I, I want to just tell you that your being able to articulate that is really, really incredibly important to me. And I think that uh, both, both my parents um, would be incredibly happy with that. That, you know, it, the reality is very few, few kids can be my father in the ring, right? But if they can take just a tad bit of, of the determination and the focus and the dedication that, that comes from training and, and translate that into any other, any other area of their life, whether it be academia or, or construction, they will be much better people and they will be much uh, better at contributing to society. Um, and and the, the truth is, is, our young people, they get a lot of bad raps, but deep down, they really are incredible. They're incredible, and and we better hope that they stay incredible because <laughs> they're gonna. <laughs> this is all gonna be theirs at, at some point. They're, they're so. inheriting a mess. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, I think Ron, be proud of us. Ron, Ron Hetty, who's our our um, marketing manager, uh, business development guy up in Michigan. He's a, actually a boxing coach, oh. and he runs a program. Ron, why don't you tell us a little bit about Azteca? So yeah, th th that's how I found out about the Joe Lewis program was through an email blast that Peter sent to coaches. And I've been a coach with Azteca in Pontiac, Michigan. We have a great program there. We start kids, the youngest is eight, and then we go all the way up to the age of 34, which is Golden Gloves. And typically we'll, we'll have 38 to 50 registered boxers any given year so we have we're one of the biggest clubs in terms of members in, in the state of michigan so i saw that and i was really thought that was an, a great interesting connection and then also being a fellow detroiter and boxer myself uh, there's so many things that that rang true for me and that connected with this with me um i boxed for several years lots of fights my mother came to one so he kind of connected back to, you know, Joe hiding it from his mom. He was a fighter, but she just would not go. And I won most of the time. Um, so that was kind of just, you know, neat. So to see uh, something like this give back to these kids is tremendous. The other thing I liked about it and really caught my attention was Joe Lewis. And Vinny, you said it earlier, that a lot, he, his legacy was a while ago. Americans have a short um, memory. And when you look at Tyson, Mayweather, there's some great boxers, okay? I, I would never say this to their face, but they're not necessarily known as being a great human being. You know, where Joe Lewis was, and it means so much to the city and the country. So that, all, all those things just really connected. And I talked to Peter for quite a while, and I went, this just sounds really cool and something that I would like to get involved with. So, we're pretty uh, doggone happy. We're pretty doggone happy to have you on board. In fact, I think we've got a great bunch of Michigan guys built up around this thing now, and uh, we're really happy to be on the man cave happy hour right now. Yeah. yeah. But Peter, Peter, and Michael, we wanted. Now to we know we've made it. 
Yeah, yeah. That is the that is the that is the, the bar is so low right now. <laughs> All right, but, uh, Peter and Michael, we wanted to thank you guys for uh, you know stepping up with this because one of the things we wanted to do with this uh, tastings Tuesday, uh, you talked about how the whole Joe Lewis uh, brand is about giving back. And there's so many servers and so many restaurants that are closed or just doing carryouts and the bartenders are just are really hurting right now. And so we were going to invite some bartenders in to, to have some fun. Uh, Tara messaged me and she's having computer issues. So we're going to get her on. She's still she's trying to troubleshoot it. We'll get her. We'll get her eventually. Uh, but we want to we're going to tip some bartenders. We're going to give them some money to help them out. Uh, mm -hmm. Joe Lewis Bourbon is being super generous and, and passing some money forward uh, for that, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. So uh, since we don't have Tara, our bartender, Matt, you said you, uh, you have a, a recipe, right? What yeah, was, I, what I, I told you what my recipe was last night, and I, yeah. I, I've been uh, maintaining that recipe this uh, entire time. Yeah, what is um, it? It's called meat. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> oh, oh well, can, you, can, you, can you share with us what the, what the steps are for that? <laughs> Okay, one take bottle, <laughs> two yeah. pouring glass, three yeah. done. So. All right, so can I just say that we do have there's a there's a new tab that we added to the website uh, yesterday, yeah, uh, called drinks, and um, if you go there, there are a couple of uh, plays on classics, you know, like the uh, Joe Lewis Madden, Madison Square Garden Manhattan, yeah. or the uh, Joe Lewis Old Fashioned Knockout Old Fashioned, but. There's also an opportunity for anybody who's listening to this to submit their recipes oh, and, and get, you know, not only get some, a spotlight on the recipe, but also get some cool swag uh, and, uh, you know, and, and potentially be in the running to be a brand ambassador because we are really looking to um, align with people who get it, who understand mm -hmm. it, who will get excited, as excited as we are yeah. about it. Um, and, uh, so, you know, this is, look, this is our moment to prove that it's people power, right? But, we're not, we can't do tastings. We're not doing golden glove sponsorships. We're not literally people well, not yet, even, but you will be, well, yeah. we will be eventually but for now, but yeah. we have oh, to make, right? we have to make sure it's working now. I, yeah. I feel like I might've <laughs> taken the red pill. Maybe yeah. I should have taken the green one. Uh, <laughs> That's what you want, man. <laughs> Vinny, we thought we lost you there for a second. I was bumming because I haven't uh, hit you up yet. Because Vinny uh, does uh, a thing called the Beer Sessions uh, with a local brewery. Uh, and, and you and your band get together and you guys play and you promote. You guys are all about uh, the Detroit and you're all about the, the Michigan and local. And I, I love that. And you came back on and did another episode of the beer sessions, which, uh, which was just great. I watched the whole thing and it was, it was a riot. Uh, and, and so we, we wanted to pull you in because we know you love Michigan. We know, know you love Detroit. And uh, you know, it's just, uh, we, we thought uh, between sponge and then uh, the Orbitsons, Orbitsons a little bit more, uh, uh, what would you, how would I, I tried to describe the Orbitsons to somebody and I said, well, if uh, Johnny Cash had a love child that was raised in a honky tonk in Hamtramck, that would be the Orbitsons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really diverse, man. Is that fair? Is that yeah. a fair description? Well, at least, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough around the edges, fellas. I got to tell you, we go into a, a bar. Those are the kind of places you walk into, you can't have fear in your eyeballs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you go set up and you play some songs from some, from, uh, to some fellas that might not want to hear what you got to play. But, 
you know, so this, the songs that we write for that band are pretty rough around the edges, but we're described as kind of a honky tonk band where there's no honky tonks anymore, uh, particularly in Detroit. So is there anything uh, Detroit or, or Joe Lewis or bourbon inspired in the Orbitson repertoire you could share with us? <laughs> I see a guitar hanging up behind you, man. <laughs> we, we certainly have plenty, plenty of whiskey songs, but you know, it's, when you talk about the legacy of Joe Lewis, you know, I, I sit and go, you know, we sing drinking songs, you know, we sing songs about, you know, access and, and that's what goes uh, <laughs> hand in hand with the, uh, the events and the, the gigs that we play. But, you know, I don't mind talking about the bourbon. I got to tell you, you know, first of all, I look at that bottle and I, I talked about the pint bottle because I could have swore I saw something on the site, but then I just look at the bottle. If I'm looking at that bottle in, in a, a hotel, or a bar, I'm interested. I'm going to want to order a uh, a glass of that neat. That's what interests me initially. I go, it looks like a million bucks. That looks fantastic. So the legacy, just and the name and the and the look of that alone, you want to maintain in the taste. And I think you guys did a real great job. I, I looked at a, a description online about uh, what uh, what you guys have done. And it's 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 pretty right on. I mean, I get the spice right up front, but the corn thing I don't get till till, till later on. But so we we can understand a little bit about what you guys call small batch. Is a small batch still a blended batch? No, bourbon. No, it's not blended at all. No, it is. So it's, it's, it's a this small is, batch single. In other batch. words, it's only made. I mean, we're we're making it. You know, it's one. Okay, so big producers use column stills that have like it's all flowing through it these are you know i mean it's not small small but it's 2500 gallons at a time and it's per, you know and, and, the, and the heads and the tails are sucked out so it, it's, it's yeah it literally there's manual labor involved in that well, uh, let me let me add some let me add some definition around this for Vinny. i think so Vinny, a, a blended bourbon if you can imagine um, you, you went out to one of the, the large bourbon producers, and there's a couple of them out there that produce an ocean of bourbon every single year. And they yep. have they have mash bills that they create those bourbons, whether and they are continuous stills, as Michael was mentioning. And and we think that's you know it's a, it's you know obviously an industry standard for for distilling. It's one of a couple. Uh, we don't think it's optimal. Um, there's better ways to do it, we believe. But if you were producing an ocean of bourbon, that's what you do. And, and so a blended bourbon is when you say, okay, there's six or seven different mash bills and I'm gonna produce X number of gallons. And so I'm gonna make a recipe. I'm gonna draw down, you know, a thousand gallons of this and 400 gallons of that, 100 gallons of that. I'm gonna mix okay. them all together and that's gonna give me my taste profile. And, and so we don't blend, our, we don't blend our, our bourbon. Our bourbon is all of the same mash bill. Now, what is also true is that every barrel treats a, treats a bourbon differently through the aging process. No, no two bourbon barrels are identical. And so we do take all of our bourbon, which is all the same mash bill, which has gone into all, generally speaking, the same types of barrels and, and aged basically the same amount of time. It does all get mixed together. That's not a blended bourbon. Got it. Okay. So... Yep. So, you know, they, and, and, and uh, mostly one of the, and this kind of goes back to that whole conversation about the whole, you know, is a sourced bourbon a legitimate bourbon? Is sourced mm -hmm. bourbon, 
you know, authentic and it's, and it is, or is it something different than that? And we kind of came away from the feeling that when, when you go to a, a big bourbon factory, so to speak, and you blend up a whiskey, you know, you may get an awesome taste. You may get, get a great bourbon. Um, but we wanted to be able to go right back to the heritage of the bourbon, talk about its mash bill, talk about its distilling process, talk about the water source, talk about the barrels, yeah. talk about the climate, and be right on. Now, some might love it, some might hate it, but at least we know exactly what we've got. Well, yeah, and that's why I've always been so interested to talk to brewers, because what I think a lot of folks don't really understand is the real science and the meticulous note-making that goes into developing anything like what you guys are doing. Like this is painstaking and passion work. And that's why I feel so uh, akin to uh, brewers, uh, anybody that distills. I go, to me, it's all like the music stuff. You know what I mean? I've always been a big boxing fan. I can't even tell you why, but I, it just all seems, everything seems to go together. You know, music, boxing, booze, it's all the same stuff. So. I, I don't, I'm not sure why, but that's where my passions lie. But I think people, you know, maybe they appreciate the science that goes behind the meticulous uh, construction of a great bourbon. Yeah, and time, right? It takes, you know, this, again, you can't make four-year-old bourbon. You've got to wait for it. And, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys distilling bourbon right now that aren't going to live to taste what they're distilling. So, you know, it's... <laughs> You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long term process. And you're a question. Yeah, so, you know, it's so, the rye aspect of, of, the, of the bourbon. You know, I saw like 14% rye. I taste the rye, but it, it seems like some of the small batch whiskeys that have come out over the last five years or so, that rye aspect makes it a little sweeter. Uh, it may, might be a little more palatable for the, the, the gals or mixing in drinks and stuff like that. But how does that work with like, the bourbon crowd, like the serious bourbon drinker. What was the intent with the, the, the rye? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And, and um, you know, I happen to really personally, I enjoy a lot of wheat forward bourbons myself. And, and so um, the, the thing about it is, is that we, when we were proofing this bourbon out and taste testing it, we probably did taste tests with 150 people. And at one point, when I became a bourbon steward, I'm a, a Staven thief bourbon steward, and I've done all the classes and that sort of thing. And one of the one of the points that they make uh, pretty pretty clear is you, you can't really tell a person how uh, to flavor uh, their bourbon, how they taste it themselves, how they knows it. We've all got a slightly different palate, and one of the uniquenesses of bourbon is that it comes across everybody's palate slightly differently. And, and you have to kind of accept that, right? You have to know, yep. you have yep. to know that, that, you know, some people are going to really find, you know, your, your mash bill and your bourbon, you know, one way and others are going to find it another. And, and you, you've got to live with it because that's just what it is. You know, for sure. me personally, I candidly, I don't like a bourbon that's, that's, you know, eight or 10 or 12 or 15 to me. I think the barrel's too much in the nose. And yep. yeah, agreed. You know, I, I, I think that it's past its time. I mean, maybe a scotch is good at 25 years, but I don't buy it with a bourbon. Yep. And, and so I, I do, and I, and I tend to like whiskey too, right? I, so, you know, I like corn whiskey. I like Irish whiskey. And so a younger bourbon, you know, actually kind of works for me a little bit more than it might be for somebody else. And, sure. 
And so what we were really trying to get to in this bourbon was to be able to create an everyday drinker. That was, that was really uh, first and foremost, something that, that people could have a couple of glasses with at night and, and not get knocked over by it. Um, you know, if you drank a couple of 114s or something at night, you know, you'd be uh, <laughs> paper right trails. Out. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's what we were shooting for. Now, as we get out into small batches um, or, um, or cask offerings and some of that stuff might be sourced, you know, as it turns out um, every year, you know, distilleries discover, you know, 35 barrels that they had in the back of a warehouse that they didn't know they had and it goes on the market and said yep. you've got a chance to buy something that's uh you know unique and been hanging around for a while that that you know people wouldn't won't remember or recognize and and you get the chance to market it up and we'll probably do that sort of thing and, and that'll be with different you know different profile different you know mash bills different taste profiles but the champion line uh, which you're drinking now will be uh consistent uh over time uh, and will always be a straight bourbon, the champion line. And, and so that, that's the whole idea is just to create something uh, that's an easy everyday drinker that will be consistent over time, that's reasonably priced, that's got a quality distilling process. Uh, it's been, you know, the, the well is 3,000 feet deep. It's a limestone water source. You know, most people don't know it, but, you know, Kentucky was Virginia before it was Kentucky. <laughs> they moved to St. Line about 100 miles north, rural retreat in Kentucky and not in Virginia. And, and so very similar climate, very similar water source. And, um, you know, we think, we think that um, a nice cross-section of people will enjoy this program. All right. Yeah. So, uh, right hey, Ron, if, uh, if I say, where's Joe? Uh, what, what's that say to you, Ron? Do you, do you know where the – Yes, I do. He's, he's on his way. Um, the, and you give me a second here, I'll throw a couple things by it. But the best thing for somebody to do to answer that question of where is Joe is to go and ask someone to bring Joe to their store. So we've got some stuff and some action up in the Port Huron area. Um, Keg and Wine on Beach Daily in Redford is a really high volume count. They just picked it up. And then uh, Grossback out by you guys on the east side, Parkway. Parkway, yeah. Parkway is a player when it comes to the bourbons. They're in the mix there. And then up by me, Pine Knob Wine Shop on Clarkston. You can get Clarkston on maybe. So uh, it's, it's, we got about 13 stores in about 25 hours that we've been selling this here in Michigan. And all you got to do is ask your local uh, store to bring in some. Yeah, on the West Wine Garden yesterday in St. Clair Shores, Tony over at the Wine Garden didn't Tony Batu. No, they're not. I mean, remember, they didn't even the salespeople didn't know about this till Friday. Yeah. So, and it takes a it takes a week if they place an order today. It might you know every store gets their deliveries on different days, so it's going to be. But it's going to you know thirteen today from Friday. What are we on Tuesday? It'll 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 be like the COVID nineteen exponential growth. Please, not that. Was that a bad reference? No. Yeah, you could have found a better. You could have found a better reference on that one, Michael. All right, sorry, but you know what it mean, I mean, though. So, um, but I think that the other thing is that we're also asking people. This is like a people power thing. We're asking everyone who wants it call their liquor store, ask for it, and if they go in there and they find it, take a picture. Post it with the hashtag Here's Joe and, and also tag the location of that place, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, doesn't matter. 
and then be entered to win like swag. We've got rocks glasses, we've got coasters, we've got bracelets that have the B. Joe Lewis motivational thing on it. And the other thing that I wanted to tell you is that, you know, people talk about, we're not a big corporate entity, right? This is a small startup, uh, you know, but with passion and with skills, right? We, we kind of have some people who know what sure. um, People can also invest in it. There's a thing called the Bourbon oh. Bond, the bourbonbond.com. And it allow. this is the first time that anyone has been ever, anyone who's not a big player, they have to be accredited investors, but they can invest in this bourbon huh. that actually becomes Joe Lewis. So this is like really power to the people. I like that. I would like to, I would like to do a shout out if I could uh, to the guys at Mega Beverage and the guys at Woods Wine and mm -hmm. let them know that right now, given the, the, the situation with people around the country, we sure could use an online presence. And if those guys would help us, um, if we could get into those locations right now, that would be a huge, uh, a huge thing for us. So little shout out to the crowd out there. Anybody knows those folks, please ask. Please ask them to Joe Lewis Bourbon if you're a great help to us. Yeah. And Peter, so, I have one request for you before I name a sorry to So my my first edition bottle, I just actually broke the thing. Can I get another one? Oh. <laughs> because I know that after this, they're going to have the, the camping in the mall is back. Uh, and that's what's going to be the classic. Yeah, yeah let me show everybody that's so the difference, you see. So the new the new tag is a takeoff on the um, on the poster, and on the back it does still have the commemorative coin, the Congressional Gold Medal, and yeah. then on the inside, on the inside, it shows the USA Boxing and the Golden Gloves logo. Right. So this is the original, and and there were a first the first shipment had these, uh, and so um, if you find one like this, it's truly a collector's edition, and I need another. There aren't many. I broke, I broke mine off too. Let's <laughs> talk about Brown Bomber. Tell the nation his story. Talk about the Brown Bomber. Oh, Lewis was a fighting man. Hey, Peter, I just had an idea. Why don't we have, why don't we sponsor a concert? Oh, Michael, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I like that, man. It's a fight man song every night. Let's talk about the brown bomber. Tell the nation his story. Talk about the brown bomber. Joe Lewis was a fighting man. We'll do that every night. Love it. Joe, oh, okay. Joe? Yes, I'm right here. Which, how, how did that go over? I, well, I don't know if you know this. Did, uh, <laughs> do you know that there are more songs written about my father than any uh, athlete fun. in history? Everybody's talked about your dad. Everybody. Kid Rock. I mean, everybody's got songs about your dad. I bet you get really good tables in restaurants. This <laughs> is true. This, that is actually true. This is true. Both of them, yeah. <laughs> That's oh. true. Well, this has it's been great. Fun. Yeah, Vinny, you got that guitar in your hand. You feeling well, anything? I just said, did I just think irresponsible songs about whiskey? I was thinking about a song for all the fellas that are locked in their house. Uh, it's called "I Think I Drank My Wife Away." 
You ever go for it. <laughs> go for it, man. <laughs> I did that. Lately, I've been drinking too much whiskey. I've been getting drunk most every day. I can't sober up to face the heartache. When that I drank my wife away. Told me to stop drinking or she'd leave me. I never heard one word she tried to say. Instead of holding her, I held a bottle. Think I just drank my wife away. A little more, here you go. So pour me a double shot of whiskey. Still, I drink up all my faith. Between Joe Lewis Bourbon, George Dickel, and Jack Daniels. <laughs> Think I just drank my wife away. That's how that one goes. That was awesome. Thank you for that. Awesome, man. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Orbitson's plays around the metro Detroit area like all the time. You guys, you Sabbies and uh, just down at Jamex, and uh, you guys are you hit the town all over the place. And Sponge has a has a bunch of uh, dates you know, God willing through the summer that you guys are going to play as well. So uh, yeah. is there, the, the, what's the, the Facebook or a website for Sponge and uh, uh, Orbison's? Well, you sure are an optimist. You should have said, we're going to list all the Sponge shows that were canceled. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> always Zoom. There's always Zoom. <laughs> well, look, guys, I understand Detroit is in, the middle of a, is in the middle of a hot spot. I mean, JoJo's in New York. Stay safe. Uh, Detroit. I've is- got a doorman. <laughs> man you know we, we love coming out to, we spent so much time out in new york long island i mean we were just out in long island like um in january we constantly up and down uh the turnpike you know but we've had so many shows like many bands uh that have gotten canceled and our hearts go out to all the club owners and you know the help the the waitresses the bartenders at all these places man this is just hurting a lot of folks but you know, uh, I, I know we'll get through this, but I'm getting a little impatient. That's all. You know, it's a, it's going to be a long month, um, you know, and, and Detroit's going to take it. It's going to be tough on Detroit. All, you know, the news, the news is, um, is pressing along those lines. But I think that if we all hang tight and do as we're asked to do is, I mean, as much as it runs against my personal brain to do as I'm asked to do, um, you know, I, I really dislike the idea of being told what to do. Um, I'm really, I've listened to, I've listened to <laughs> I mean, I've listened to what they have to say. And I mean, it seems to me that uh, if, you know, you're really playing with fire if, if you don't. And I, I guess that the good news is liquor stores are open. Um, they're delivering in some places. And we're working on that, by the way. We have a partnership with liquorstores.com that's going to be happening. They're, they're racing against the clock to, to, to get this thing going so that people can order online and pick up at the store or order online and have it delivered to them with like DoorDash. Yep. And so it's, hap- it's, it's happening and um, we're excited about it. And we're thrilled to be with you guys on the Man Cave Happy Hour. We hope to get a chance to be a part of your show again in the future. Absolutely. Maybe like next Tuesday. 
Next Tuesday, five o'clock, same yeah. bat. <laughs> I love it. Right. We'll be there. <laughs> so hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this tasting Tuesday every Tuesday. Uh, Jojo, hope you can make it back. Uh, Absolutely. We are gonna have. I, I, I've, um, I've got a, I've got a restaurant under construction with no patrons right now. Yeah, some time. Vinny, you're welcome back yeah, all, all the time, anytime. Uh, you're yeah. just a riot, dude. And Thanks, uh, uh, but so every Tuesday and next next time we're gonna have uh, author. There's a book called uh, Detroit City of Champions. Uh, the 1935 year in Detroit was just absolutely yeah. a, an amazing sports year because the Lions won the championship, believe it or not. Uh, the Tigers won the series. The Wings took the Stanley Cups. And yep. Joe was taken – they were uh, taken – taken uh championships uh and there were total there were over 30 championships won uh in just every sport imaginable uh by detroiters uh in 1935 and we're gonna have an author of the book uh the championship the the city of detroit city of champions uh, and we're gonna dive into joe's story uh and jojo we'll love to have you in there for that to dive deeper uh into that and then we'll talk more about the bourbon um, and we'll drink a little bit more and we'll have more fun. Uh, Tuesday's coming up. Uh, it's Tasting Tuesday's Man Cave Happy Hour and uh, Joe Lewis Bourbon, Matt Fox. Hey, uh, you know, uh, Jojo, your dad once said, once the bell rings, you're on your own. But in this case, we are all behind <laughs> Joe Lewis Bourbon. And, and we're all we, we, we want to make sure that, that we, we this, this goes properly and that folks understand that there, there's a legacy here that's going to continue on in the city of Detroit. So, Thank you all, gentlemen, for being with us tonight on the Man Cave Happy Hour. Truly. Best to you all. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, uh, we end the Man Cave Happy Hour with a cheers. So, uh, cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers. One and all. Cheers. Cheers. God bless. Good night, everyone. Good night.